Hi, welcome to Agora Community Radio, the podcast for artists in the animation industry who want to listen and learn on the go. This episode is from our A Conversation With series, where we invite pros from all walks of our industry to have a chat with us about their background and experiences, and then we finish it off with a little Q&A from the audience. You can always head on over to our website, agora.community, to watch the full video, or if you just want to listen to what we think are the most interesting bits and pieces of these conversations, you can listen to the Agora Bytes clips on this channel. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Oh, fancy meeting you here. Um, we're back with another conversation with uh, today with um, with my my uh, my co-star and my partner in crime, David Hubert, but um, also with, um, man, my, my windows are really bright. I need to do something about that. I'll fix that in a second. Um, the, yeah, we're with uh, Marc-Olivier Pluff, who is the one of the co-founders of Chaos Masons. Um, I'm not even sure if I even pronounce that properly, but um, we'll let him correct me when I when he gets online here. Um, and uh, Chaos Masons, if you don't know, they are um, a service studio, an outsourcing service studio who handles uh, character design and modeling uh, design work for uh, for lots of different industries, including movies, film, and the collectible collectibles industry. So um, that is, uh, you know, the, he he worked in a lot of um, video game companies before that, and um, before sort of striking out on his own with um, with some other fine individuals. It's sort of a, a trend we've seen lately here. But the last two streams uh, conversations like this have been with people that have had some similar backstories. They had a, a life in an industry. They decided they wanted something bigger or different, or just they wanted to try it on their own. And they decided to just, you know, you know, throw all their chips on the middle of the table and make it happen. So um, be interesting to pick this wonderful man's brain a little bit. Before we do that, let's bring in David. And as he can entertain everybody for a second, I'll fix my stupid, uh, my stupid camera. One sec. Hello, David. Hey, Brent. I got to say my eyes have to adapt to the the, the brightness of your image right I, there. I know. It's I'm going to mute myself. It, it, it's, it's, it's like, it's like staring into the sun. I know. One sec. It's pretty intense. Um, yeah, welcome uh, everyone. A couple weeks ago, uh, we had a request from chat uh, that was something along the lines of, hey, when are you guys going yeah. to have people other than animators? Well, here we are. Yeah, here you uh, go. We had uh, uh, Manny two weeks ago and we have uh, Marc Olivier to, exactly. uh, today to kind of kind of expand a little bit our range of guests, although not comprom compromising on on quality of the never on quality. No, we brought we we brought the big the big guns today with Marco. By the way, I think his friends call him Marco, so we're gonna go ahead and just call him Marco. If he hates that, he can tell me, and then I'll shut up and call yeah. him whatever he wants. King, like you know, champion, whatever. I'm sure he's got lots of lots of names he wants me to use. Let's bring him in, and we can start picking his brain. Come on in there, Marco. Hello, Sir Marco Olivier Plouf. I, I knew he. <laughs> <laughs> I knew he had a title. I just, I, I'm glad you brought. Thank you for, you know, setting the record straight. Thank you for that. No worries. I mean, th these days you can just buy like a, a square foot in Scot and um, Scotland and call yourself a sir. Like it's something you can officially do. Oh, so man. I mean, really? technically, I could. I'm like that close to being one. <laughs> wow. You're like one click away on the internet, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> I'm one click away to being an insufferable douchebag. So, yeah. like, be careful. Well, that's it. Like, I mean, some of us, if the shoe fits, we might as well have the title, right? So, I mean, we'll just go, I'll just go ahead and. Just I already have the guys. attitude. I just need the title. <laughs> that's amazing. This conversation is already bringing so much value to our audience. <laughs> now you know how to be. Yeah, it's amazing. Be called, called yeah, exactly. Uh, it's awesome. 
Uh, Marco, there's there's many things that we want to uh, uh, to discuss, but just for those that that don't know you, and we try to keep this part pretty uh, brief. Uh, we don't want to go uh, over a 10, 15 minutes uh, history of your entire life, but let, let's sum your uh, career. Let, let's stop before the creation of Chaos Mason. So your background uh, until that point. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I'll start when I was two years old. I'll go really fast. <laughs> but I mean, like I've been drawing since I was a kid, but I've never actually was the kind of person with like uh, academic studies and that sort of stuff. Even when my parents were like trying to tell me like, oh, you should like go to a school to learn how to draw. I was just like more interested to play like video games, but I was really interested in drawing. Like I, when I was a kid, I, I, I know, I don't know where they are, but I have like stacks of papers of me drawing Mega Man bosses, like my own Mega Man bosses, right? I started by drawing like Mega Man from the game's booklets. And then starting, like, I drew, like, the bosses and everything. And then I started to create my own bosses, like Buffalo Man, Airport Man, whatever stupid <laughs> they thing. They had the best bosses, I mean, let's face it. Yeah, I mean, it was great. I love that. So, like, I mean, it was clear from the beginning, like, when I was a kid that I loved, <clears throat> like, characters. Just characters for being characters, right? I was playing with my Ninja Turtle action figures all the time and all those action figures and even my Legos and whatnot. So, at some point... Like, uh, I, when I was like 14, they asked me what kind of job you want. And my, my answer was like, well, I want to do something artistic in video game, but I, it was not really like easy to, to achieve, especially like where I came from. I mean, I, like it's a city close to Ottawa, but not really like uh, a lot of like schools for 3D there. So I ended up having a job at the government uh, and uh, around like oh. the age of like 21, 22, I realized that I, I really needed to change my life and do something artistic because <laughs> it was really missing. Uh, like I, I, tried, I, tried do, I tried doing music and that sort of stuff. I loved it, but it was not really like, like visceral inside of me. Mm. Um, so when I realized I needed to go back to my childhood uh, dream, um, I, I had like, friends that were able to recommend 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 me like some schools that were like pretty close like Montreal which was it's not that far and when you're like 21 and or 22 years old it, it starts to get easier to tell yourself hey I can maybe like restart and and move and and go there and try at it so mm -hmm. that's what I did and uh I did I studied for a, a year in 3D in that school I was basically just like me, gonna make me like a modeler a 3D modeler uh, not necessarily like a character one or that sort of stuff, but since I've always had this desire to be a character art artist, I that's what I pursued. Uh, it took like a lot of time. I met some great people that taught me 3D there, but like I really needed to put like a lot of time at home to learn like really all about like the, the characters and the anatomy and this and that. So it's basically like the first time I've ever went to school for art was actually when I went to 3D school. So I had to kind of wow. like learn art by itself at the same time as I learned 3D. So, uh, and I've actually became so much better at 3D than like drawing, which is kind of funny because I started with drawing, but I really learned art with 3D. And um, so I performed well enough. And after a while, uh, I got my first job from my first job, got my second one, my third one. And at, at this point, um, this is where like, um, I was already with Cedric and we decided to, um, to create our own company. So basically that's the, the, the fast version mm. of like what it is. But of course, along the line, I met like so many people that inspired me and helped yeah. me through like the, the difficulties of, of this industry. And uh, so, uh, yes, I was like mentored uh, by some pretty awesome people. So of course uh, I would yeah, not have been able to do. 
That, that's a part that I'm in particularly uh, interested in because in Montreal we have decent school, but we uh, it's hard to say that we still have world class. You know, you have the uh, Gobelin in France, you have CalArts, you have Sheridan, mm -hmm. you have a lot of there is school, but in, in Montreal, for the most part, or at least many years ago, we, they were mostly giving you the basic and uh, showing you how to use the software. But then to mm -hmm. become really good, like world-class good, it was really on uh, on the job. I mean, for me, for animation, it was a 12-year journey working in m multiple places for multiple studio. It seemed that you kind of fast-tracked this <laughs> this part. So how did you, it, it, it was, is it really at school or when you got out of school? Was it at home? How, how would you auto-analyze yourself going from learning the software to becoming, you know, really good at what you're doing in a very fairly short amount of time. <laughs> yeah, I can tell that. Um, one thing I'll say though, is I agree that you, um, about the school thing. And I think it comes from like a cultural place because when you look at, when I compare to France, because I, I teach uh, in France and um, uh, I find that like people there just in general have like a much like better understanding of art and it's easier mm. to come out of school and be actually like pretty good mm. uh just on a base on a base level so they're going uh, but, into school but, with more is that what you're saying, well, saying? like it's it's because like they they are thought art like much more in a like much more importantly yeah and like yeah, yeah. much sooner at the same time whereas like here art is like for for assholes almost <laughs> so like <laughs> like guilty like, I mean, is charged yeah, there you go. Like, I mean, I've, I was always like the only kid in, in, in school that was drawing when I was a kid. And like, I, I was not like that much of a, like a good drawer. I mean, I was, uh, I was, I was okay, but like not compared to like, when you look at like some, there's some places in the world, man, they, they learn how to draw like uh, yeah. when they're super young and it's crazy what they can do. And it's incredible. But like here, it feels like we have somewhat of an handicap. And I think that like, it would start with like actually making art more important for the country itself. And it would help with like with the schools afterwards, because the schools are good. I mean, and some people have come out of the schools and it's really great, but whatever. Anyways, for, mm. Uh, the personal question, it's um, the when I was um, like when I was at school, I was actually like being told like, hey, you have to be careful. Character art is pretty hard to do. And and uh, it kind of like almost discouraged me. But there was one teacher um, that was actually more like encouraging. He was like, OK, yes, it's hard. But I mean, you got here. So you had to make a portfolio and you were chosen and you you were you worked hard because that guy so happened to have seen me before my portfolio before going to the school and after the portfolio so it was like you know what you progressed pretty fast i mean i'm sure you can do it just go for it and that was just enough like encouragement to tell me like oh, you know what it's going to be hard but like I i'm going to do it but um like i had to kind of like make a little sacrifice with my life for like the year that i was at school and the sacrifice was like no social interaction for like the complete year i was isolated like covid style in my apartment <laughs> in like 2009 to 2000 2010 just like learning 3d but learning anatomy and that sort of stuff and i've bought like so many like tutorials of like back then big names that were doing like great things in 3d and i was just like putting them on loop even if i was not following the tutorial i remember just like having them constantly play on loop at this point i was so like inspired to become this that i was like a total sponge with like mm. everything with everything mm. and um so the school was there to, to like teach me to like the technical things and to frame me into like a way of working which is like i think that would have be that would be essential for like most people especially people that have like add like me because it, for me it's so hard to like mm. structure myself that i like 
when I learned it, it became like something I was dependent on. And um, but the really what made me like learn and like um, become who I am, I think it's because I was just always, always drawing, always working uh, for at least for like the year that I was at school. And afterwards, of course, I've been always I'm kind of like, kind of like a maniac with like 3D. So I've always been doing 3D and it kind of like helped me. Um, and I think that the reason why I was able to maintain this kind of like heretic um, uh, work, um, like practice, whatever, was basically because I just was love. I was in love with the the, the, the craft. And mm. I think that, I mean, the importance in like what I'm saying is basically that like sometimes when you really feel it, like you found your passion, like there's only benefits to really like following it um like this this is the, these are the broad strokes like i mean like yeah, yeah, yeah. you kind of have to make sure to be able to eat and have a shelter of course that's kind of like a prerequisite right but like with any like um like free time that you have um it's not it's not a waste to actually just put it in your passion if you really like deep inside of you feel it like you're doing the right thing yeah i mean yeah, i was like it's definitely one of the recurring uh, theme with everyone that we spoke to that either started a successful business or were at the highest, highest level of, of quality that making sacrifice is something that, that comes back uh, uh, often. And when we say make sacrifice, it, it doesn't mean uh, putting on all the stuff that doesn't really bother you to put on hold it. No, it, you need to stop to do the thing that you really like to be doing. Like, as you said, for instance, no social life. I'm pretty sure that you enjoyed going and having a drink with friends. And that's something that you're like, you know what? Uh, for this year, I have no time for that. It's it's 100% yeah. this, this thing. I remember there was one time there was a party at my place because my roommate was inviting people over and um, I was actually uh, in my room working on like a beard in 3D. But I, I was not even like, yeah, I was not even like doing it the right way. I was just like fucking hell bent on getting there and getting the results. So like I actually did not even come out of my room for that, um, for that, that entire party. And ever uh, since that day, that's why you think that artists are assholes because your roommate yes. told you you were one because you didn't show up <laughs> Exactly. It's like I was traumatized that day and it kept on. So, I mean, that's what it is. That's good. That's good. But, but I mean, at the, end of, at the end of the day, it's like, yes, there are sacrifices to do. And like I loved like a few things. I love to play video games and I love to do this and that. And like, but but it's like, the sacrifice felt right also because mm -hmm. I, I think if the sacrifice doesn't feel right, it's you're probably not on the right track. There's like this, I really truly believe a lot about like gut instincts and that sort of stuff, except if it tells you to kill your neighbor, don't, <laughs> don't follow your guts. But like, if your guts is telling you to follow your dream, I don't yeah. think that your guts is wrong. And uh, I think that there is some, you have to be like, kind of like honest with yourself. Um, and, uh, but really listen to it. Even if like, your brain tells you like, well, you're going to have a less interesting life. You might make less money this way. I really feel that like when your guts tells you to pursue something artistic, I think that like you're going to reach a lot of like, you're going to gain a lot of like emotional benefit to that. And yeah. that's, that's worth a lot. Seriously. Yeah. I think it's like, it comes down to like the whole, the 10,000 hour rule, right? It's like 10,000 hours is a significant country. Like that's something you needed to get dedicate 
a lot of time towards. Otherwise, it would take you forever <laughs> to get there. And so that uh, that in itself just automatically requires there's sacrifice of choosing that over something else because you can't do it all. There's only so much time in the day, right? So yeah, yeah. There's no. I mean, it's not just art. It's like anything. You you make sacrifices being uh being in a family, um, having kids. You make sacrifices um, moving away from home and not being able to see your folks because you want to you know yeah. accelerate your career. Like there's sacrifices everywhere in life and it doesn't have it's not it's not to exclusive to this one industry it's like if you want to be good at something you need to sacrifice end of story yeah exactly plus i mean I, i'm gonna add some perspective to it um so other things that in my life that i tried to do and that actually did not give me the same thing as um as a treaty gave me uh for the longest time i tried to become a musician i mean i've played guitar for like 10 years before starting mm. in treaty and um like i was in a few bands and i i actually learned like the whole like shebang and uh it i was really really happy playing music like it was really giving me like a cool feeling but like if i compare what treaty or art like visual art was giving me compared to music it there was really something different where like mm -hmm. i i don't think that i understood music as much as i understood visual arts mm. and by that time after 10 years of playing music i was kind of like becoming almost better at music than i was at, at art but i felt that i was like plateauing mm. in music and i didn't understand the fundamentals and really like i i didn't have really like the ear and all of that and plus it didn't give me like that same feeling of satisfaction mm. i think and it really what it meant is that like maybe music was more like a great hobby for me rather than like the thing that I want to sink my, like my life in. And it, mm. it, it's really like inside of myself that I found the answer that was like, this is something that was like the right thing for me. And that's why I, like I did all the sacrifices because I never did really much sacrifices for music, but for art, I was like, I think I can actually make sacrifices for this. So it was kind of like a, a good tell that like I was diving in the good thing. And the other example would be the first time that I tried to make a grilled cheese sandwich and I failed miserably and I thought it sucked and I never tried again. Except go. when I'm drunk, like and it <laughs> always fails anyway. So when you you're see, drunk, like, it always tastes good anyways, though. So it's I guess it's oh, okay. Yeah, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Also, like I can yeah. I can drop like as much like garlic powder in my grilled cheese as I want. I'm still gonna eat it. It's still gonna be good. I'm gonna be a little bit dry. And uh, is but, that part of yeah. is that is that part of the Marco grilled cheese recipe? Is as is garlic powder? Dude, don't 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 try, try that don't at me. I'm gonna come write a book like in a second oh, if you continue. With it. All right, that's good. We'll save that but, for another conversation. Yeah, <laughs> but, but that's a really good point. That, that's a question I, I uh, had at some point. How do you differ, differentiate what should be a career and what is a, a hobby? Uh, ideally, your hobby is something that you really love to, to do. Your career should be something that you at least like to do, but you have the feeling that, oh my God, I could have the potential to become very good into uh, uh, in this. And usually it should inform uh, your choice. I mean, at least in, in my opinion. Um, one of the things that we, and we didn't even dive into Chaos Mason yet, but that's definitely something that we're going to do. But what we left or, or last week interview with uh, Jalil was basically Jalil Sedul, who's the um, a um, animator that I work with uh, at DreamWorks, but he's the co-founder of Steamroller. So when, you know, the same thing for uh, starting a studio and making all the sacrifice. And one of the questions that's been uh, asked from chat is what are the sacrifices that you had to do to uh, start a business? And, you know, it, it became pretty 
uh, emotional for him because he, when he started the studio, he had a one-year-old. His girl was one-year-old, so there was wow. this way of not seeing his his kid as much as he hoped uh, he would have. And I know that you're a new father uh, as well. So how how do you handle both? Because now at least you know Chaos Mason, it, it's it's not just a startup anymore. It, it's rolling, and you have help and all that. But how do you manage in between being an entrepreneur and being passionate for your art at the same time there's a new human being that kind of relies on uh, rely on you to to survive yeah oh uh, i mean you know what I'll, I'll just start a thread of like always answering a random question before answering your question you just asked <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> i just want to say i just I like yeah, exactly i just wanted to because you said something interesting you said like what what's the biggest thing you have to sacrifice when you start a company and like i'll say i think it's like when you come from like a studio and like you start like a freelancing company like easily like the the thing you have to sacrifice is security mm -hmm. because like now like your your payment is like depends on yourself mm -hmm. uh, and uh, like i mean that's like this is like base level when you're a freelancer right uh mm -hmm. but like when you're like trying to start like a company that's based on that it's like also like the responsibilities of making sure that like people that are working for you like they're taken care of and that sort of stuff there's like so much so like it's it, it there's no more like laying back doing 3d and getting your paycheck at the end of the day but the the counterbalance of that is like as much work as you put in you get like the, you get the outcome of like uh like the the success of it like and the profits of it right so it, it, it you're not there's no more safety net under you but like you can like go so much higher like really quickly it all depends on, on yourself so that's kind of like the interesting balance um now with a kid i'd say that like um there was like i really needed to like think about like how i'm go I was going to handle things um before uh um well before for lack of better words impregnating my 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 wife <laughs> so <laughs> sorry um but like it was really like a question hold on, like, a second. hold on hold on we'd have to explain birds and the bees to the entire channel, okay all right i don't know if they all know about it okay let's so go chat. back to when i was cute music you have like a graph that shows it like yeah some, like... yeah we need we need we need some pictography here to be able to explain this without getting too graphic how it works there you but, go Yes. Well, it's good because I have a sausage and a donut in my oh office. Oh my god! Here we go. <laughs> this this chat much. is this is just this is just going down a very dark path right now. Uh, exactly. I love it. But before before I was um um like before we were talking about those plans, like I needed to like figure out like a way to be able to coexist with this. And before um the family started, I was actually like working some pretty incredible working hours, mm. like. To be honest, like I was easily doing like a 14 hours a day, Oof. six days a week. But that was not necessarily like a question of like I had to do it or else the company would fail. It was more a question of like I was really trying to build something. Mm. Same goes for like Cedric, right? It was like an effort that we were really putting into like making sure that like we always deliver like at the maximum quality we can. Like there's a certain brand that we have to up like upkeep, right? Um and uh, like our efforts were really put into it. And when I actually knew that I was going to have a kid, I just had to make sure that I was able to be able to manage this within like a more reasonable amount of working hours. 
something more akin to like eight to ten per day, uh, five days a week. And um, we uh, we like we had to make a couple of arrangements, me and Cedric, uh, for sure, in terms of like uh, the amount of work we were going to put in because Cedric already has like a kid that's much older. The responsibilities are are different. Um, so uh, basically, I just had to make sure I was able to just like manage things correctly. But the thing that's actually interesting from from that is that I've realized that there's like and this is kind of like the centerfold of like every podcast that I go to and every speech that I have is talking about efficiency. Mm-hmm. Like it's, the, I, like I, I vomit that word constantly, efficiency or like optimizing. And there's like, I mean, there's so many ways to optimize and to be efficient with your work. Uh, either if it's like in the like creation of a character or if it's like in the ma- managing of your company, like there is like sometimes when life cha- challenges you, you figure out like new ways to just like just get through it and just be efficient at it and realizing what's really important and what's stuff that I just waste too much time uh, on it. Uh, man, we could talk about that for like so long about like figuring out what's important and focusing on it correctly. But in terms of like managing my company was basically like the same once again, it was just, okay, how can I be like a good boss and make sure that like my company stays afloat if I actually restrict myself to eight hours per day, like eight to 10 hours per day, Um, like depending if I work at night and that sort of stuff. But at the same time, like be available for my kid because like my kid needs a dad and uh, like Mm -hmm. I need to be there. So it so happens that like right now it's kind of like works well because I've always worked from home. So my wife is taking care of the kid. Uh, When my shift ends, I take care of my family. And at night when people are sleeping, well, I can put in some more time and that sort of stuff. And within that, I know approximately the amount of work that I can actually uh, handle, right? So it's a lot about like also knowing yourself. Um, And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. But let's let me just say that like there are times that I realized that I did not know myself and I've put myself in a situation that I was like, how am I going to get out of this Mm. one? without like fucking up everything sorry for the f word yeah. Yeah. um there was like uh i i'm like that close to be able to talk about it without like mentioning names but there was a client that called me because they needed to create the demo a demo for their game and it was a impossible contract to accomplish and i just said yes because I made some like mathematic in my head that I was like, if I hire this amount of people uh, to do this kind of like thing, we're going to be able to deliver everything. And it ended up being like a, a shit show. But you know what? I pulled through and the people were like super happy and it was great because like, that's what fucking chaos Mason does. We deliver. <laughs> but at the end of that adventure, I was like, I'm not doing that ever again, like ever again. Like I have reached, I know what my limit is now because I <laughs> leaped over it. Oh boy. But I like, now I'm that, that much smarter. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's kind of good. It's kind of good to like to test. And you know what, even if I would have like failed at, doing that i would have known like this limit and i would have like actually like be better for it now mm-hmm. right as long as you assume like everything and you're somewhat responsible like sometimes sometimes taking chances like this like you'll get to know know yourself like like much much more and thank god that like cedric pushed me sometimes to actually like try to go and see what those limits are because like i've discovered a lot about myself um as much as like it's how far i can go 
and as much as it is like how far this is like too much and i have to actually like just yeah. know that this is like a real 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 physical like limit that like no 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 yeah so actually Not before that. that's interesting Be before we go into the dynamic of two uh, uh co-founder uh, maybe let's rewind a little bit and take back where you stopped initially about the the um, creation of Chaos uh, Mason itself. So maybe how you get to 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 know uh, Cedric, how that professional relationship uh, evolved to the point of hey, let's start this thing and and why? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I'm going to speak for him. So like, but I guess I can, I'm going to give you a like 80% accurate answer. Um, <laughs> because like, I, I, mean, <laughs> I don't like to talk for like for somebody else, but like, I kind of like have to, to give you an answer. But, um, um, well, the way that their relationship started is that we met at my, my first job. My first job was at THQ. Um, it's, um, it's actually fun how I got my job at THQ because, uh, it's um i was supposed to get hired I, like i was supposed to be hired by ubisoft but like uh, oh, yeah. the after after the school them. yeah the yeah. Uh, the the um well I, I, actually you know what no i, I avoided that i, oh, uh, I avoided yeah, yeah i i avoided the merger oh, uh, I didn't merger know that. whatever the acquisition mm -hmm. but um this my school was uh, financed by ubisoft and i was supposed to be uh, working for ubisoft after but uh, it just so happened that they got a lockdown of employment at the moment that mm -hmm. i was finishing school so i was not able to get the job i was supposed to have it didn't get it um so afterwards i just like for six months i just like did 3d constantly and uh i was seen on the zbrush central at that time because mm -hmm. i was just like always like <laughs> prolific always i was prolific yeah and um at some point uh the uh zbrush they wanted to do like a like a presentation in montreal for like the montreal uh, gaming summit the the, the conference thing yeah makes so i yeah, the MIG, exactly. Uh, I think now it's called Mega MIG. Anyways, I think so. Um, yeah. Uh, so like, um, since I was there and I already tested the software, the beta, like they, they basically told me, hey, do you want to go there and do like some 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 testing or whatever? Um, just show the people like how it works. And oh, you were uh, so doing live yes. demos at MIGs? Yeah, yeah, I did. Oh, like, cool. nice. yeah, even before I had my first job. But like, oh wow, <laughs> my point is that funny. like. Yeah. Well, I was on the I was on the beta, and I knew like yeah. a lot about the new tools, and like, yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I shown that I was like a prolific artist, so they were they were like ready to trust me into like That's just cool. like showing some stuff, and um, like I was seen by a guy there, uh, David Gio, that became my first boss because mm -hmm. like he saw me there, he gave me a job afterwards. So two weeks later, I had my first job at THQ, and at THQ, mm -hmm. at some point, um, uh, Cedric started to work there. And Cedric uh, is uh, Cedric is somebody that really like sees the potential in people. Like he, he really has like a good eye to actually like like just see something and see where it goes and see the potential of it. So he's like the opposite of like the art director that tells you that he wants one thing and you give it to him and he's like that's the opposite that I wanted. Like he's like really able to really like know what he wants and know how to get there and like see like the raw material and see how it actually could get. Can get transformed. So um, basically, like when I started to work there, like you gave a lot of like attention to me because I was really, really working like hard and over time and trying to get better and that sort of stuff. And as far as I understand, what he told me is that he appreciated to see like this, like just this like passion. And uh, I was maybe like missing a bit of like guidance 
Oh, you know what? That no, that that would be that wouldn't be fair to say because like I was surrounded by really talented people that actually taught me like a lot. It's just that like he he really like put himself out there to to help me like even more, mm. uh, even like to go into like my bubble while I was working and trying to like to help me. And we kind of like developed this like uh, like this like mentorship situation from there. And uh, plus, he had like five years of experience or six years of experience more than me in the the industry. Maybe maybe even more actually. Yeah. So uh, I, Marco, think... I just want I just want to mention for those that don't know Cedric, so go check it out. You mentioned that you were quite prolific uh, at that mm -hmm. time. Uh, Cedric So is probably one of the most prolific in the amount of character personal work that he was posting online a, a, a decade ago. Uh, it, it was just insane. Where was he putting so... it? Our station, just so people know where to look. Uh, Deviant art, uh, Deviant a lot. Art, right. That time, <laughs> that time, yeah, uh, and yeah. it was all uh, over the place. So anyway, you go, but yeah, it, it was not a bad mentor to get at that point. <laughs> that, sure. no, no, not at all. Plus, I mean, well, he was he, like, we're kind of like different, me and Cedric, in terms of like our styles and stuff. But like, I really got inspired by a lot of like the. Um, the the, the 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 main aspects of like his perspective and art and that sort of stuff but also more into also like the like how to push myself and that sort of stuff so like he was actually like able to just like help me to uh really strive for uh, for more like i was already striving for a lot but like he was like na 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 like more like you know in those like american movie uh, where you, you think like oh the guy is going in the right direction and then like there's the other guy that comes in and he's just like like you don't know man you don't know like you could aim for that and blah, 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 whatever. So um, technically like that's what happened. And now after that- so Cedric was your Yoda? Is that what's happening right now? Is yes, exactly. Okay, yeah, exactly. Okay. Like trying to always telling me, reference. do not try, do not try. That's right. Whatever. He's backwards all the time. He's short yeah. and green. Okay. He's living in a swamp and stuff. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> and uh, basically the uh, when uh, THQ was about to close, like it so happened that I was given a job at, at BioWare. So that's why I, that's where I went uh, after. And uh, like I met a lot of great people there and it was really, really fun. But Cedric was like hell bent on like working with me again, which I really appreciated because we, we stayed friends and um, it was really great to work together. But it's just that the the studio was like closing, so mm. whatever. But at some point, like he just like convinced me to go uh, work with him again. So um, I actually uh, went to to um, to Ados where he was working, and uh, this is where we uh, basically like uh, started to work again together. And this is where we uh, never stopped working together because at Ados, this is basically where uh, the idea of like starting a company uh, started. Um, it was like basically a few things happen and, you know, like games, they get canceled. You never really like know what's going to happen and you're not in control either. So you always do your best, but hey, whatever. Sometimes the big guys up there, they decide something different. Uh, the numbers don't speak in the same for the same passion that you have for the project. And um, it happened like maybe a little bit too much for my taste that like some project got canceled and uh, Cedric also. Uh, so we basically figured out that outsourcing was something that was actually starting to become like a thing because before the, you were hiring artists in your company to do the work. But the reality is that like there was so much, so many artists all over the world 
becoming better at doing 3D that were available to work and just like fucking hungry, hungry to, 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 to work. And um, we, me and Cedric, we already had like a really good like uh, working relationship, but also like an understanding on like how to help people. Like we both were teachers um on the sideline and we were both freelancers so technically we had like all the understanding of like how to build teams to just like work with us to create like a, 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 a like a like to create to create something plus cedric being already team lead a couple of times and also like uh, an acting or a full art director on like another project like add an understanding of like how to understand somebody's vision and to apply it so like as like like what you need to have an outsourcing company is basically like a few of the the things that i just mentioned like you need to be somewhat of an art director because you need to understand like an art direction and to be able to like teach it to like the, to, to the people you need be you need to be able to teach the method also that sort of stuff to like other people you need to have like also some like project manage uh, management skills that like basically it comes with the job of being the lead on a team so mm -hmm. Cedric already being uh, like good at those things, he was basically like, it was clear in his head that like we could have an outsourcing company easily. The only thing that like we, ne we needed was to actually have like an opportunity to do it. Me and Cedric, mm -hmm. we've been working in freelance for like a long time. Um, some like, I mean, the way that I the, the way that I work is I love to work on a project, but um, like I I am so ADD that like sometimes I need to like work on something else. I mean, just look at my art station page; it's all over the map. It's like robot there, monster there. This nah. like there, like it almost sometimes it almost feels like I have like no like like style. No, no, I have a style, but like I mean, like I don't have like a like a I don't know how to call it. Like you, you have multiple style. <laughs> yeah, I have multiple style. I mean, like you, you, I'm sure people can recognize that, like my method and like my way of like doing something. But I'm just like always like, like mm -hmm. trying to go as far as I can from like one end of the, spe the mm -hmm. spectrum every time with what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just like my nature. I love to be like this. It's, I'm the same with like video games. I'm the same with movies. I'm the same with alcohols or whatever. Like I'm gonna drink like the the darkest imperial stout beer but also i like cocktails so like <laughs> you are quite all over the map my friend i'm quite all over the map like that's yeah. like that's that's just who i You're, am i just you, love i love it you must be brutal in trivial pursuit like, <laughs> totally brutal you like you know enough about a lot of things about like just everything okay well to... okay maybe not for pursuit but like i started to watch jeopardy with my wife like oh recently. yeah there you go and See, like at some thing. point my wife was like how do you know that how do you know that and i was like i don't know i kind of like heard that somewhere from my yeah. from my yeah, friend yeah. that likes philosophy so like yeah. I, and i'm like not a philo philosopher at all right but like i just like yeah i'm all over the map that's that's yeah. what it well, is and I got um, a question. Yeah, ahead, David. I, I would just can I can I just jump in really quick? I was just gonna. I just wanted to ask specifically because, like you, the way you describe the sort of the the birth of of Chaos Masons is is kind of through almost opportunity. But like what like like because you you guys both had a job, 
mm-hmm. you know, and you, you were, you, you sound like that job was, was satisfying you creatively because you were able to sink some, some energy into it. Right. But what, yep. what was the, what was the main motivator? Was it just because you felt like, were you pioneers? You just wanted to go out on your own because you had a vision of being able to do the kind of work that you specifically want to do because some of the work that you do on companies, you like yeah. it, but you don't love it. Like what in your mind was the real true mo- Cause I, I assume that you both shared a similar motivation. Otherwise you probably wouldn't mm-hmm. jumped at the same time. So can yeah. you speak to that a little bit? Like what was going on in the back of your mind that made you think, I think it's something we have to do. Like what was yeah. that? Well, I mean, I, th- I think it came from the fact that we were already working and freelance and people yeah. were, were always asking us like to, to do this and do that. And at some point we started to just like say no, because we just couldn't do it. But at the same time, we were also teaching people how to, mm. how to do treaty. So at some point we were like, okay, well, I just made a clone right there. That's like maybe still in school or just finished school. Yeah. But like, if I cannot do it, I'm pretty sure he can like with my supervision. So mm. it basically like started like this. So it was Got just it. like, we, we kind of like understood that like there was a dynamic that could exist where like yeah. we were supervising people to actually just replicate like what we're able to do. And um, th- so this is like where it started. Like basically yeah. the first people that, that started the, to work with us were people that were um, from, these, from, from this school actually. Yeah. And like from, from this day, we still hire from this school. Like the, the, mm-hmm. the, the director is our friend. And uh, like all the best that are coming out of this school, like we try to give them an opportunity. And plus, like since, since we meet them in person, it's kind of like easier to like see if like mm-hmm. it's gonna work between us and that sort of stuff. So this is kind of like an opportunity that like existed just because the pieces were in place, or like yeah. we saw the pieces there, right? Okay. So mm-hmm. it was it was on like I said, it was on on one part we were given too many work that we were just saying no, and mm-hmm. on another part we were creating like uh, like replicas yeah. of ourselves that were just You're building like, oh, an army. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, well, no why don't fight. we, yeah, exactly. <laughs> why, why don't we just like join yeah. into like a, a, like a team synergy totally. and we yeah. just like handle like big batches of work mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like, uh, some companies, they were ready to give us like this chance. Um, and, uh, it all started from there and it actually, it, it's, it's like, essentially it's not really like that different from this day forward. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. that like now our name is known. We've yeah, yeah. we've proven ourselves. We continue to prove ourselves. Yeah. And uh, we just we keep always the bar at the same place, or we ri- we raise it. Like that's where yeah. it goes. How how much so, has you have you grown? Like how like from the, from the first days of Cast Messens to like what you are now? Like how 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 many? How, what what's what kind of growth have you guys seen? Well, I mean, uh, just to give you an example of like maybe how many people are working yeah, with us at the sure. same time. Um, like this, we started with, well, we started with zero and me and yeah, Cedric, you, you right? And Cedric, exactly. Yeah. So it, it, it went up to like, I think like maybe like three or four people like in the mm-hmm. first like year. Yep. And like now, like I'd say like probably like last year. Uh, or like this, this year, uh, we've hit like easily like 50 to 60 artists wow. working for okay. us. Awesome. Um, like when I say working for us is like on a, like a somewhat permanent Regular basis. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like some of them are like, look, there's people that are been with us since the beginning of chaos masons, mm-hmm. like, yeah, like cool. day one, the, in the first artists that worked for us, some of, some of them are still with us. That's and fun. what's fun about this is that, uh, well, first of all, I mean, they, they kind of like became friend at some point, yeah. friends at some point, because like, just like when we go like where they live, we, we hang out and that sort of stuff. But at the same time, I mean, like the ones that shown the most passion for what they were doing instantly, they actually got to become like 
leads of their own team or like benchmarkers of quality and that sort of stuff. And like we give them like the opportunities that like that corresponds to their, their skills and that sort of stuff. And it's really great to be able to also have like people inside of this company that are actually growing themselves. Look, there's like now this is not about like those people that were there from the beginning, but like there are people that started with us and they were like kind of like doing the job, but they had like a good attitude. So we wanted to keep them, even if like it was like more work to like help mm -hmm. them to get them there. And like some of those people, like now they're, they, they do incredible things. They do things that I'm like, I am so proud of you. I'm so mm -hmm. proud to have see, to see you grow like this. And mm -hmm. this is also one of the reasons why we really try to keep um, the people working with us. Like there is, a part of like a feeling of like responsibility to give them work since like we kind of like started this relationship, but also there's some of them. It, it's just like, I really feel that like they, they grew with us and I want to mm -hmm. continue like this adventure. So yeah. it's pretty cool. Part of the family. It, yeah, exactly. And even if we're like, we're, we're a freelancing company, we're an, like at the end of the day, it's all artists working from home mm -hmm. and that sort of stuff. Uh, but like, we're able to create some really great, um, some really great synergy and like a, a feeling of like, um, of belonging mm -hmm. together. And I really love that. I never That's expected, cool. expected that from this. And I think that now we have it. So it's great. That's awesome. So Marco, be between this vision of, Hey, let's just clone ourselves and take more contract and the reality, uh, <laughs> uh, of actually doing it at scale. Uh, what was the some of the biggest challenge that you uh, might not have seen uh, uh, coming of, especially the first few years when you have to put everything uh, to uh, to together when you you have to do everything that a, a yeah. company needs. Well, I mean, there's one of the hardest thing is to be able to really be like understand how to teach like your vision and teach the skills. Uh, and this is something that like, fortunately we, we learned by being like teachers of what we do, but there is, there is really something to say about like how much you can learn yourself when you actually are teaching something, uh, because it requires you to really, uh, adopt a, a new perspective on your work. Like you really have to kind of like refragment all the like weird pieces in your head that work together, but you have to put them in a way that they're all like one next to each other so that you can actually like read it. Like if it's, it's a, it's a story because like in my head, it's like total chaos. I mean, it's like, like visions of hell and stuff. Also, that's where the name is coming from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All that's, making that's, sense that's, now. That's pretty much what it is. Like it's, it's, it's just like the chaos of creative, creativity. Yeah. But yeah. when you have to teach to somebody like that chaos needs to be like, like, um, needs to be a um, Home well, ordered, place organized. Like, <laughs> ordered. Yeah. That mm -hmm. sort of stuff. Uh, uh, yeah. lawful or whatever, like if you want to yeah. use dungeon and dragon terms. Oh, boy, uh, yeah. so, uh, <laughs> but basically like it, that was like one of the biggest challenges to actually like learn how to teach, uh, and, and, uh, and at the same time, learn your own like brain, how it works and how to make it easy, easily digestible. And, um, I think that that's something that like, not a lot of like people like are like able to um, that, that grasp it easily. And I don't want to like shit on anyone, but like, I've had some, some people that were like in a position to have to teach me that I feel that like they were not able to provide this to me. Now, mm. I'm not saying that they were bad. Maybe they, it just didn't work with like my sensibilities and I'm not here to point finger at all, but, but 
like when you have to teach someone, you kind of like have to make yourself also like flexible and try to understand like what they might not understand, mm -hmm. try to explain in like many ways and try to simplify and synthesize like in the like the easiest way for somebody to understand. And then you le you let them do their part also for sure. But that was mm -hmm. like, that was really, really hard. And with that, yeah. all that, like there was like so much time that we needed to spend into like supervising people. And at the same time, understanding like how to make sure our clients are satisfied with like this dynamic, because you always want to make sure your clients are happy. And it's like this, it's like primordial, like number one, you have to make sure like your, your, the client is like, okay, well that's cool. And I want to work with you again. And at the same time, you have to make sure that like your artist was like, okay, that's cool. And I want to work with you again. <laughs> So, so it's kind of like a weird, like juggling balanced uh, act. But the, the 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 thing that's actually great is that it's not like one or the other. There's really a way to have like like your cake yeah. and eat it at the same time. And I find that um, the way that made us like succeed the most is just to be really human with both parties. Like we've never really done really well with like companies that like were basically just looking for a machine that like had like no humanity to it. And we've been doing the best with like teams that like we were able to like talk together under like for us, understanding their needs, understanding what's really the priority, what's really important for them, what's really going to alleviate their, like their fears and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And the same with like artists, uh, like having artists that were just like super passionate, like hungry to know more and that sort of stuff. Like it just like made for the best, like, way to have all those people want to orbit like around you and then like yeah. you just create art this way and it's just just great yeah that, that's a good point that, that's the same thing with your uh peers with people on your team with your supervisor with the the, the producer with a client or, or employees uh, uh that's a question a question we often have you know how do you deal with your peers how do you deal with a client this and that at the end of the day it's two human being that are interacting with one mm -hmm. another uh, are you able to properly communicate uh you know transparent and truthful in your communication are you able to uh trust uh you know how it, it's at the end of the day once all the technicalities and all that is put together are you able to create a proper connection uh, and yes. there are some people that might be two great individuals, but for some reason, there is no chemistry. There is no good relationship. It's no one's fault. It's just that it's not a good match. Uh, and that's the same thing, whether you're in a studio or if you, you have uh, clients. And, and actually, when you're running a business, you're, you're right. You have both sides. You need to create those bonds with everyone that is working with you. And you do need to do the same thing with uh, the clients. And the best case scenario is, as you said, everyone is happy at the end of a, a project and they enjoy the experience, uh, no matter what side that, uh, that yeah, they are. Really. And I think it's so important, actually, to be able to humanize like everybody in the situation, because if, if it's like not happening on one direction or the other, it just can get like so hard. And I mean, like I said, I've worked for some companies that they were like, just like, there was no way of like being like human. It was really just yeah. like, like, it needs to work this way, that way and whatever and it was just like sometimes yeah. really hard to just be able to coexist um and to show like like they were not seeing us we were not seeing them uh i'm talking metaphorically and it was just like making like things much mm -hmm. harder but i i would say that like luckily like most companies we work with like there's it's kind of like easy to connect 
with people, at least if you do the steps and people will follow, that's, that's actually really interesting. And, mm -hmm. uh, and it's not even a question of like big company or small company, because like I've worked with some like huge company. Well, I mean, we have like a ton of like the AAA studios, like that's, we're already there. But like, what's interesting is that like, it's not like a, a symptom of like big companies or whatever. It's really oh. a symptom. Uh, it's really a symptom of like their, not their spirit, but like how Culture. they, their culture. There you go. Exactly. Like their internal culture, because you can, you have like, yeah. I'm not going to out anyone, but you have like some big companies that it just looks like a, like a crazy house in there. And you're like, oh, okay. You're like, it's not yeah. like a well-oiled machine. It's like <laughs> chaos. And within that chaos, like are created great things. The bad like, kind of chaos, like, not the good kind of chaos. Like yeah, exactly. Not, yeah. Yeah, not the chaos key. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah that, that's the thing. It can be impressive, but you know, when you have big clients uh, and I'm taking a random example, you're, you're not working with Warner Brothers. You're working with Peter, the art director on that specific oh. project that is working under the umbrella mm. of so small studio, big studio. You're still yes. working with either an individual or a team that have been hired by this big studio. And that's the connection that you need to, uh, to, to create. Absolutely, because um, even even with like one company, sometimes if we, were, if we were just like working on another project and it was like light and day, it's like, what? Like, I thought like that it would be like somewhat of the same. And there's like maybe like 20% that like is the same because of some bureaucracy maybe thing or whatever. But the rest is all about like the human nature of like working with yeah. the person in the team and, and that sort of stuff. How, how do you actually see uh, Chaos Mason evolve in the next few uh, few years? Is there a vision to kind of continue and just expand by doing the, the, the same thing or kind of grow a little bit in the, 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 the scope of the uh, different kind of project or things that you might be uh, doing? Well, I, I like that question because like it feels like we're kind of like starting to, to branch uh, like this year is like the year that like I really see some 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 progress into branching and other things, and uh, um, like when we started the company, we wanted to be really really creative, and we were kind of like not able to be fully that because we kind of like needed to just like have like a kind of like a core that's kind of like feeding itself that's working that's consistent, and uh, we found that core with like outsourcing. So it, this means working for other people, um, and uh, all that is good and fine and it's great, but like we always wanted to have like also like a creative like um facet to chaos masons and we've always fed this like this beast by working on like personal projects or like when we could work on some creative like smaller projects um but like i mean for people that follow us like you'll see like me or cedric we're always posting like personal work stuff we work on uh that are really coming from our guts um and like, we just love to do that. It's kind of like our lifeline. It's this kind of stuff that just like keeps us really like alive. But at the end of the day, it's not kind of stuff that really like makes money, right? Um, it indirectly makes money in, in, in the sense that like exposition and working on what you like will always make you somebody that's kind of like memorable um, or like noticeable. So like there's a certain exposition that we keep just so that like we're always in the scope of like people that might give us a chance to work on a project, either it be a creative project or another outsourcing project. Mm -hmm. But um, it feels that that like soon we'll be able to touch base on like other forms of like uh, of projects and maybe something I still can't really like talk about, but like I'm 
in the midst of of um, making my own line of uh, of collectibles of characters. Mm. I mean, the same way that awesome. like I like I did a few of the characters behind me. Uh, some of them are mine. Some of them are, are are not mine. But like whatever, like you get the idea. Those kind of like collectible things. Like I always love them because, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, I always I always love like Power Ranger or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle action figures and stuff. So like it translated in my later years as like collectibles statues mm-hmm. like this yeah. and i've always wanted to actually like create my own like my own ips uh, my own my own like designs and stuff and uh having them like printed and i kind of like did it like i mean the the, the wasp right here is like one of it's getting old but it's like one of like the first robot that i did and i found this company that was able to print it but like i'm striving to actually have like them like printed and painted and actually mm-hmm. them looking really professional and i actually am uh working on having them done uh, right now i posted them recently to see if like people would be interested in like buying them and i got an incredibly good reaction cool. from them and i was like all right i think it's it's now I seriously have to figure out how to make it work now mm. because it would be great. So this is a, a great creative outlet that I'm actually um, really hoping that is going to lead somewhere. And I mean, m- more can lead from, 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 from this, like the moment that I, I, I show, I have this like creative thing that I was able to produce. Uh, I think like others will, will, will come afterwards. Yeah. Um, j- just by the na- nature of things, the moment that you put yourself out there, Mm-hmm. Um, like opportunities come to you, but if you don't buy your lottery ticket, well, nothing's going to happen. And yeah. I'm really yeah. happy to be able to expand in like another like facet. Mm-hmm. And I'm really like hoping that like uh, I'm going to be able to do more of that. But at the same time, you know, Cedric is working on, on his own, own things. And we were even like talking about like creating our own game. And there's so many things we want to do. And it mm-hmm. just feels that like now that the company is really well established. Mm-hmm. And uh, that we we know that like we're always going upwards. It feels that like now we have like maybe enough like momentum to talk about like new things. Nothing that it's I a, can really talk about, but it's still, it's, it's interesting because you mentioned uh, I I have to figure out the, this one, uh, and I think that's one of the interesting uh, part when you're an entrepreneur. You figure out how to learn a CG and become good at it. You figure out how to. Um, not that you got bored of it, but eventually like, okay, I need to figure out how not just to do uh, freelancing, but build this little studio that's going to do freelancing at, at scale. Well, now you are, you have clients and it's going well. And it's almost like, okay, now I need to figure out how to be more creative. And so it's always those challenge one after the, the yeah. uh, other that's kind of keeping the, uh, the the momentum. And for me, that that's a good, a good segue to uh, very briefly discuss because you kind of dip your toe a little bit into the uh, nft craziness that the future uh, was exactly <laughs> the, the craziness that was a couple of weeks or months ago um how how did that went for uh, for you or what was the motivation in the first place how was the process of creating creating it uh and do yeah. you see a future for you guys there or is it still too vague to uh, to know well, it's an it's an interesting subject, but it's one that I'm gonna say that like right off the bat, it disconnects from Chaos Masons. So now I'm just gonna talk about uh, Marco Pluff and his his, his mm-hmm. stuff because mm-hmm. uh, I mean it, there could be like a way to actually like have it integrated to like Chaos Masons, but we feel that like it's something that we approach more in mm-hmm. a personal matter, to be honest, like without really mm-hmm. bringing the company in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say that like. Um, 
when I was introduced to NFTs, uh, was um, it was just because like everybody started to do it as simple as that. And like when some when people all like when okay when a group of people like a major group of people do something normally what i do is i i'm just like fuck it i'm not doing it i'm 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 i was like this as a child like everybody was listening to that band well mm -hmm. i'm gonna listen to underground music just because i want to be like rebel and different and like wear camo pants and uh, be a metalhead just because like i'm anarchist or whatever without really being one but by <laughs> like in my spirit was always that like what was popular was not really good for me um and i actually had this like reflex at first with nft so when i <laughs> saw everybody doing it i was like well i think i just i don't want to do it That's i funny. just don't want to do it because everybody's doing it's it bad yeah yeah exactly i kind of felt like this and at some at some point after like somebody else gave me like another perspective um furio uh furio tedeschi for like other um modelers you might know that name he's a great guy great uh designer uh character modeler and uh, like he actually introduced me to like uh, a perspective that I really enjoyed uh, the idea that like somebody could create art and like earn a living through mm. creating something that he does for himself, right? So like if people love what I do, that people would actually buy my art and that I could actually like have somewhat of like a living based on like really me doing mm. what I want yeah. and people liking it to a point of like buying it. I was like, wow, this is kind of like, the dream when you think about it sure. and i've kind of like tried and i tipped i dipped my toe in the waters um hoping that like um this like could like exist mm. in that form because i just love the idea and um i'm i'm really happy of what i discovered about myself in terms of like because it made me kind of like try to do something a little bit outside of like what i i usually do uh it made me try to think of like a good idea because i did just i didn't just want to post like a picture of my character there uh it's not bad to do that it's just i'm saying i was like trying to just like mm. whatever elevate myself a little bit more and um and uh, i i thought of like hmm, what's the thing that i always wanted to do um artistically that i never tried it was to mix music and uh, visual arts Mm. Uh, because like I said, I, I've been a musician for a long time, right? And I was like, oh, that would be cool to kind of like have like a picture of my character with like some basic animation with music. It would be kind of like cool. So I went to go see one of my childhood friends that's a just a crazy musician. And I told him like, hey, can you do me like a looping track that looks like this music? And I sent him like an MP3 of like some like EDM song that I thought could be cool with a, a loop. So I kind of like animated like a light setting with like a character that I have already done and I've put it all together. And by the end of it, I was like, man, I, I fucking love it. I really, really, really <laughs> liked it. And I was like, okay, you know what? I can, I think I can put a price on this just because <clears throat> my appreciation of my own thing. And I thought that it was kind of like new. I was like, okay, cool. I, I kind of like did something new. So I, I, I will be able to put that in NFT with no bullshit saying like, this is something that really like represents like my feeling for art uh, in a world where you have to sell yourself and stuff. So I've actually like put it out there and like fucking like nothing. And <laughs> I kind of like Crickets. knew already, like, well, I mean, somebody bought it. Uh, Michael Pedro actually like bought it. Uh, and it's, it's kind of nice. I'm, I really, really appreciate it. Um, also like Furio was really encouraging, uh, encouraging me like with that. And I, I really, really appreciated it because like 
when you put your like a lot of like your guts into like your art and it's just like not received at all you're kind of like the fuck's happening like like am i did i miss the mark did i like am, do i suck now or whatever now you can get into your own head and that's mm -hmm. like a, a whole other subject plus i have like so many like so many artistic trauma like i am like all smile and stuff but man sometimes like i can get like really like sad about like art and stuff that's like i said another subject <laughs> but but all to so, say so, that, sorry like, marco I, I have to ask you have the imposter syndrome because that's oh, something that we oh! <laughs> I invented imposter syndrome. <laughs> That's not what your yeah. shirt says. Your shirt says definitely an implicit no. So I don't, I'm getting mixed, I'm getting mixed messages. Yeah, exactly. No, it's it's no hate. Ah, there it is. Uh, it's a good message in the end. I like it. Um, but you know the uh, the uh, like the whole NFT thing really didn't work. And what I understood from it was basically that it was not really like a market for art. It was more like a market for like personality and that sort of stuff. And there was a lot of like time to put into it, into like your branding and and like communication and, and this. And so it's more like a marketing thing in the end, I find. And I was not really like really uh, interested in like the dance that I needed to do to get there. And um, like some, some artists like did it and they were really so successful at it and like good for them. Right. Because I mean, uh, they were, they were able to understand what they needed to do to succeed at this and they were okay doing it and they did it. And so, no, I mean, it's, it's great. I have no problem with that, but it's not really something that like really represents me. Like I said, I, I'm all over the map. It's super chaotic in my head when I do my art and stuff. And if I try to do like too much things for like the public or to, if I have to kind of like change my nature, it, it kind of like hurts me inside. So unfortunately, like I'm not the guy that's going to make like millions with NFT. Like I, I just really like the idea that like people would buy my art if they like it in that manner, in that in that access, I should say, that like I really have high hopes that it's going to get somewhere just because of like the the, the utopia, utopia of um, – of yeah. like this idea right but now then you bring something else it's like well it's it's just like one more thing that's like yeah. killing the I, environment and that sort exactly. of stuff and it's like okay well i can't do it too much because i don't want to participate in like destroying the planet more than it's getting destroyed now the same way that i'm like trying to buy stuff that i can recycle or like i do compost and that sort of stuff it's like i don't stop myself from buying things that like are like not good for the planet but i'm just trying to balance yeah. between like i just try to be reasonable and since it didn't really bring me much i don't really see myself doing more nfts mm -hmm. until they um they 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 kind of like fix the whole like eco thing at this yeah. point i think i would probably go back and do it more because yeah. i mean it doesn't really cost me much it makes me explore yeah. things and make me try thing i like it and if somebody buys it it's great yeah that's what it yeah. is I think the interesting thing with uh, NFT is that, you know, internet in general gave access, you know, ultimate access to everything. And now with yeah. uh, NFT, there's a way to actually create a rarity and something that is unique. Yeah. Uh, so that's, a, but, you know, it exploded very rap uh, rapidly. It deflated as rapidly as it exploded. <laughs> 
but I think it's over time that we'll see that. Oh, okay, that's a proper use of this technology. Yes, and you know, especially exactly. with the, what, what you mentioned is very important. And there's, you know, especially with uh, Ethereum, there's big up, uh, <laughs> uh, upgrades that are coming that are going to reduce by like ninety eight percent the amount of energy consumption because right now it's just ridiculous. I don't know if it's a proper number, but I heard that right now up to five percent of energy consumption in some countries were <laughs> just for crypto uh, mining, which is just really? insane. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's really not good. Yeah. I'm so, not the most informed mm. person. So like that's the first time I hear that number. It's like, yeah, that's well, pretty, that's those machines, like those graphics cards, they run hot too. Like they're not mm -hmm. doing small cal calculations. They are uh, like anybody who's ever done any kind of mining before. They know that those things are beaten, uh, being beaten to death. Quite yeah, exactly. It's funny that you your your reaction to the NFT was a similar journey. And I didn't even I didn't even go out there and do anything, but I was like, I felt like I wanted to. And um, but the more I learned about it, the more I realized, well, you know, like there's actually all kinds of weird logic holes too in it. Like I started like here, my biggest issue with NFTs is that they, you know, I I assumed that if an artist would to put out an NFT and people buy the NFT, that they then own that art. But that's not how it works. Apparently. No, 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 no. Um, and to me, that sort of it suddenly it made it feel like less like less meaningful. Like it's like, well, if you're not buying it and don't have the rights to reproduce it, then it's sort of like it's not the same as actually owning a piece of art. It's like for me, it was like, OK, like you can own the Mona Lisa. You know what I mean? Like that's something you could own and collect if you're a collector and you wanted to collect culture like this. And that, that that's something that you could be done. Could be done and you have then the right to then rent it out to museums if you wanted to like it seemed like a financial so it made sense logically but as soon as i heard, heard this i was like what and like you can be an artist and then put out a series which would be like a limited edition prints right but again the problem with that is what if an artist goes and does that but then they then do another series at some point we all know that like i mean since i collected comics and cards for way back in the day we all know that like a lot of what makes something valuable is its rarity, the scarcity yeah. of it. And so like if it's a limited edition, it's great until that limited edition then is no longer limited because the artist decides to break that and just makes a bunch, a bunch of other like where's the, yeah. where's the rules? Like who stops anyone from doing any of these things? This just seems but broken. I think I think that like things are like self-policing because like when That's you look at like like the real collectibles <laughs> like this here, like it, there's an importance in like how many copies they will make because yeah. like it, it, it brings like rarity to it. Mm. But like the moment that like this company does a Batman and they do, they do like only 300 copies and you're like, yeah. Ooh, I want to be one of the 300 to have the yeah, only exactly. one of those. Sure. It brings a lot of rarity, but like, Absolutely. like the, the company is going to do like at some point, another Batman that's like premium edition and yeah, it's yeah. another one. <laughs> but it's like people understand that like the other collection still has value because of like when in time it was done and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And so I feel that like, it's just going to be like a more, more of like the same dance that happens yeah. when like NFT yeah. finds its footing. It's just yeah. a, like, it did not. And it yeah. did not help also that it was like chastised because of like the eco thing or exactly. like Elon yeah, Musk exactly. or blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But I think like everything, it's going to find its place at some point. Yeah. And I'm just like me, I'm just like hope, like hopeful mm. that like where it's going to land yeah. is like somewhere close to like the idea that I had yeah. because the you. idea that I have is just, I just totally am with really, you. That's that's what got yeah. me excited too. Just this idea that that just an average artist that doesn't have to work for a company can just produce the things that they like producing and mm -hmm. make it living off of that. With for me was I was in. Like I'm like that yeah. is awesome. Like the the promise of what it could be 
is amazing. But as in its current state, it doesn't quite live up to all those promises. I'm with you. I totally agree. I think it's, I just went, who knows? I'm hopeful like you are that maybe it will figure itself out, but it, I think they need, they need to do some work. The irony to it is because they're using kind of crypto cryptocurrency, the whole, one of the biggest selling points is that it can't be controlled or manipulated. Mm -hmm. The problem is that it can't be controlled. <laughs> and therefore there is, there is that part that it, that's missing in NFTs, right? Like who's policing this? You're saying it's self-policed, but like, uh, does that really fill you with any real sense of security? If you were to start spending like hundreds of thousands of dollars on some of these, like these purchases that could literally just evaporate because no one is really actually policing it. I don't know. It's just, for me, it's got too many like big holes in it. That makes me nervous that it's not going to yeah. be more than yeah. just a fad unless they solve those things. You're, you're right. And I think at the end of the day, like if the thing stops to exist, it's never going to evolve into something that is like more like maybe like secure, if you want to use yeah. the word or that sort yeah. of stuff. It's the same. Mm -hmm. I mean, like you put your, you put your trust in like paper money that it represents yeah. something to buy, like whatever at the same yeah, yeah. time, it's the same. It's just, it's new. And I, yeah, I kind yeah. of like, I, I just, to be honest, like I, I'm not even into crypto. I'm not a gambler. Mm. Uh, yeah. I believe in the thing. It's just like, I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm in my own world doing 3D yeah. characters, so yeah. like you I'm also not have really your own like... thing going on. You are trying to run a company, so like yeah, <laughs> exactly. I already have like uh, like enough. I'm, yeah. I'm good. Yeah, but like yeah. I really do appreciate it, and one of the reasons why I appreciate it it's because it gives it 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 gives like a big middle finger to just like the current currency. Yeah, uh, right. and yeah, I kind of like like that. There's like something yeah. new in there, and uh, I don't know. Like I, I like to see the world burn a little bit. It's like a little sizzle. That's that's coming from your early anarch yeah. Uh, anarchic yeah 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 exactly anarchy yeah. Love. Yeah. burning a little bit is it actually that if you look it up in the dictionaries that's what he k e o s actually stands for it's burning a little bit burning yeah. a lot is c h o a s and that is a completely <laughs> different thing just to set the record straight yeah yeah just burn a little I bit. like. I like it. So, like it. Uh, Brent, as usual, we're always running late yeah. for questions yeah, yeah. from from chat. So we we're going okay. to leave chat a few seconds. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't even see if there was. Uh, yeah, there's a couple coming. questions up here. Let yeah. me just go. But now's a good time. If you're in chat and you wanted to poke uh, this wonderful man's brain about to whatever, then uh, now's kind of a good time to do it. Um, let's see. So uh, actually, as you're looking for one, I'm going to ask one. Marco, you have one minute to answer this one. Uh, right. You guys are doing mainly high-quality CG characters for video game. This is pretty niche. Why specifically mm. for video game? Uh, just because we were really good at it. Uh, all, all our methods were like really like <clears throat> like efficient to to do it in video game, and it just like grew like exponentially by itself where like the other parts uh like didn't grow as much so it's just by default i would say that and let's actually, face it uh, game characters are pretty cool well i really love i've always i'm a gamer at heart i mean yeah. not, not even cedric cedric doesn't have this excuse but like i'm really like a gamer mm -hmm. at heart more than like a like a movie viewer or that sort of stuff so i will always love to be able to have a character and have like a, a scene where you can turn around your character and really look at it the same mm -hmm. way that like you could have like a collectible thing or your action figure that you can look at so i've always been like very um appreciative of like those things and i found it more in, in video games than the other so yeah mm -hmm. Awesome. And afterwards in collectibles. I've got a question here. Um, so um, this this was question this question was posted really early when you were mentioning mentors. Um, and because um, uh, you 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 kind of I think later in the conversation talked about two of your mentors. At least, well, obviously, interestingly, your business partner started as kind of a mentor because he had mm -hmm. a bit more experience um, than you. It's interesting. You also mentioned David. Uh, um, 
uh, the supervisor. Jill, yeah, Jill, yeah, who's yeah. also quite prolific. I remember I worked with him at Ubisoft back in the day. Um, I, I'm assuming it's the same David, uh, big mm -hmm. big ZBrush guy, right? Yeah. So he. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's got lots of experience as well. You must have been surrounded by a bunch of like titans in that particular uh, market. Yeah, at, at THQ. And uh, I, I think what's important is that like you kind of like have to try to surround yourself this mm -hmm. way, um, and even like remotely, like you have to put yourself out there and kind of like yeah. reach out to people. And yeah. and it's not, not not every relationship is going to uh, to work, but um, the uh, I think that like you have to make the effort of like being seen and to talk to people. Uh, like I I was saying earlier that I didn't want to do like that dance with NFT, like about like marketing myself and going to reach out or whatever. But like it's because it feels that it's like harder than like yeah. doing yeah. it just like meeting people on the internet like on art station talking going to like events or just putting your name out there and people will start yeah, yeah. start talking to you and like That's i mentored people just by meeting them they were like rando sending me an right. email but like i just like some of my friends now and i just appreciated it but like That's yeah it's just like life is going to give you mentors yeah and you just have it's, to it, uh it's interesting because you're answering that question based on the fact that like you now are also mentoring people and that you're kind of speaking from experience how you've discovered people to mentor, which is because they put themselves out there. So basically yeah, exactly. the, the rule is put yourself out there because like-minded people might see potential in you and might be like, hey, I feel like I can really kind of take them under my wing and show them some things. And I guess I, now you're just paying that forward and doing the same with other people um, around you. That's cool. Um, right. I got I got a question for you that's not... Um, um, I don't, I don't, uh, it, I, it wasn't in chat. It's my own question. What is, so in, in today's, <laughs> today's world, what is it, um, what, like, what's in your toolkit? Like, what do you, like, ZBrush seems to be obviously one of the main things that you probably yeah. use, but are there a bunch of peripheral tools that are your sort of in your preferred toolkit or is it like all ZBrush all day, all the time? It's, yeah, it's like, I, I'm ZBrush boy here. Like okay. I, I pretty much just cool. use ZBrush. And uh, even for rendering, I've learned how to just render in ZBrush. But like, I've also, I also dabble with like KeyShot because sometimes I like to just try like other moods and stuff. But like, I've actually, I, I really like to be like the guy with one tool in his pocket and be like, right. I can do everything with this one. Nice. Um, I just like it. So I'll say like, it's like 95% like ZBrush. I just, I just love to just the convenience of it basically. It does and it all works. the things you need to do. Yeah, I, I've mastered the beast, even if like it mastered comes with like, beast. like some I've, problems sometimes. But oh like, man, I have a hard great. time getting my head around that software. It's the interfaces seem intuitive enough for me. I got another question here. So when designing slash modeling a character, do you think about how this character will animate and whether the design will function uh, and whether the design will actually function while in motion? How far right. ahead do you think about these things? So both. Uh, if I work for myself, I don't ask myself this question because I just like to relax and I, I just do this like little quick like functionality check yeah. on the characters. But like often I'm like, this is impossible, but I'm keeping it because I like how it looks. And I do that sort of stuff. But when you're working like for something that's going to be animated, mm -hmm. you kind of like yeah. have to kind of like work with the animators to make sure it's going to work. And there's like ways to do it that works super well. Like for example, make a blocking make sure your blocking is somewhat like has like a finished look mm -hmm. seen from far and you send that blocking to an animator that's going to like, like, or you like decimate it first. You just make it like digestible for like a software mm -hmm. to be rigged and animated. And you do like an animation check right yeah. after the animated tells you like red flag here, fix that. That's good. Go back on your blocking, 
you fix it, send it to animator. He's going to like do like a check, like we should be good with that. And then poof, you have a character that like should be animated correctly. So it's not can really, I, really not hard to make it like functional. Can I, can I just but, say that I, I really wish that all character modelers got that way? <laughs> it's also, you know what? Was waiting for me obviously to say that, not everyone is doing it. Yeah. No. Well, like, fu no. Funnily, I mean, I learned this technique by working with you, Dave. And uh, it, it, it felt like we were like the first one to do it. Maybe some <laughs> other people at the same time were starting to work this way. But I saw it appearing at after this time and now oh it's just God. like a, a constant yeah. I, I i think 70 percent of like my clients they actually like ask us to do like this That's check good. first and it really saves for a lot of trouble a lot of trouble what a dollar. crazy concept right i, I oh. think i saw too many characters that been work on for months and then it, it gets to animation like yeah uh <laughs> let's talk about this and then like yeah. oh well no more time no more budget and like Exactly. So it's going to deform right. weird. Yeah. yeah. It's so simple. It's so simple. It's you, you make a block in, you send it for approval and it fixes like 80, 90% of the problems right off the bat. The key area of a body that usually suffers from this is the shoulders. The shoulders oh, and yeah. the neck areas. It's like people love to put all these crazy things up there and it's like that person's like dead, never, no, yeah. Dead. So that you, you have to animate the character has to like, Walk yeah, like, like, like like in Batman Forever, like yeah, Michael Keaton exactly, could not turn his head because exactly. like you haven't checked if like he could turn his neck because it was all like totally. golden and stuff. The fight choreography was funny too. He would be yeah. blocking people like, like yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. it was like such a rigid rubber like suit. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, um, and and, and it's great when we've you've been told, oh well, that's just a fun challenge for animation. Like, no, it's not a challenge. <laughs> it's a, you're just trying Handicap. to find a reason for anyone. Mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Here comes another one. I was going to ask this question myself, but someone stole my thunder. Friendly Slav, uh, is Marco going to do courses or demos like the one he did on Pixel Logic, um, Pixel okay. Pixel Logical in the future? In other words, will you teach everybody? Okay, show good. them the so, way. So the quick answer is like I am like, like punching myself in the face for not doing more tutorials because like I love to teach but I have paralysis when it comes to recording mm. myself sure I don't have paralysis You're not when it alone. comes to live like yeah. mm. I think like I'm going to do like Twitch like Twitch great idea live great idea. before actually recording stuff and like even it, it would be like free at the end of the day if i do like twitch that kind of stuff the yep. thing is that i came to that realization like the moment that like my kid like was born so now mm -hmm. i'm like okay well i don't have time to have a twitch channel but mm -hmm. like i'm to, to be honest, I really have this on the back of my head, trying yeah. to figure a way to make it happen because I see myself doing live and having fun and just like, like with no like goal or restriction or yeah. like absolutes, like I can just work on something that's like a personal work that's and like it. people can see and talk. And I exactly. love this dynamic, but the idea of like having to record myself and like yeah, yeah. be perfect mm. in all my strokes and be, con because I'm so chaotic. Like once, once again, chaos mason, like, yeah. it's chaotic in there. And like, to be honest, the way that I work is a lot of like two steps forward, one step back, two step mm. forwards, three step back, one, four. And yeah, then yeah, like yeah. at some point I, I get to he the end line, but like it's, yeah. it's in your head, so chaotic. in your head, you're kind of thinking that people don't want to see how the sausage is made, right? Like, it's like, do they really want to see how ugly some of that workflow is? It's like, truth is, yes, they actually, they do. And that's the, the cool thing about Twitch is that is the perfect format for that. Like people are going yes. to Twitch knowing that's what they're going to get. And you can kill two birds with one stone. You could just literally work on your own projects, which you're doing anyways. And yeah. people can watch you vicariously. Like they can just sit there and watch you. And it's like, it, it's it, everyone gets something out of that. It's uh, it's really interesting. If you, by the way, for open open offer because I I dove deep into this this realm a little while ago. If you want any kind of tips or advice or any even help on anything like that, just 
just send me a message. I would be more than happy cool. to yeah, I usher really you into that it. brave world. Cause I've been, I, I went through that grinder and it's uh, it's a little intimidating and I totally, absolutely feel <laughs> your pain with that sort of analysis, analysis, paralysis, sort of like, do I really, like, uh, and I, I just finally did it and I, I'm glad I did cause it's a lot of fun. So yeah, let me know. yeah, let me know. I, it is. I, I'm sure, I'm sure I would be good. I, and it's crazy because I realized the, like I said, I just realized that it's something that I would like. And the way that I realized it's because, because of the pandemic and not seeing people, I started to hang out on discord with my friends a lot. Yeah. Like my, my, my friends from my hometown also. Sure. And when I was like, mm -hmm just like being with them, I was actually working on my computer. And at some point I was like, Hey, I'm just going to share my screen for like the yeah, people that want to see me watch. Exactly. And they actually really, really appreciated it. For and sure I was like, did. why am I just not doing that with people that <laughs> actually <laughs> wants to see me work? Yeah. Because like, it, it's fun. It's, it it's is, it is, it's fun. And I, I mean, I, you'd be amazed with the kind of people out there like on Twitch, like uh, one of the people that I've discovered recently that does this is dead mouse. I don't know if you're familiar with his work, like the, the musician, he does mm -hmm. it every once in a while. And what he's usually doing is he goes on there and I don't know if he always does this, but the last time I saw him live was he was just fiddling around in the software that he uses. I can't remember what it's called for his live shows. So it was like a sort of a real time graphical sort of a suite that he was sort of, uh, that connects to music and like, so that it's, uh, um, um, it's driven by amplitude and frequency and all these other things to kind of create a really nice fusion. It'd be right up yeah. your alley, actually, because of the, mm -hmm. uh, the the little um, the NFT you made, uh, music and <laughs> art together. Yeah. And he just sits there, just screwed around, and he just he just why not? He's going to do it anyways. He can give his fans like sort of that uh, that inside scoop and maybe even learn a thing or two at the same time. It's perfect. Yeah. So I don't exactly. know exactly. Yeah, no, so let, let me know. It would, be, it would be absolutely awesome to even like we can even host you on Agora Community and we can give you a you know funnel an audience to you and, and people can discover you. It would be amazing. I mean, the yep. people people need to see you out there. Just got to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. I mean, I mean, not not that I'm not that I'm overdoing it with the pressure right now or not. But I, I uh, <laughs> open offer whether whether you want to go down that road or not. We got another question. Yeah, for sure, yeah. absolutely. It's, it'd be it'd be amazing to show you. So then there is another one here, which is um, have you have you an idea what will the price range be for your future collectible? We already got a couple of uh, uh, customers apparently in the audience. Cannot yeah. wait to have them on my shelf. Well, so, I mean, since obviously, I'm, since go I'm going to be working with a partner on this, uh, yeah. like I, it's not like really my decision. Plus, yeah. uh, it, they know much more in marketing than me. So, like knowing like the scale of the the collectibles with the price mm -hmm. associated to it for like the market is something yeah. that is more like a knowledge that they have. I some I have somewhat of a knowledge for it for sure, but like mm -hmm. uh, it, we still need to finish like a couple of like conversations to mm -hmm. be able to know like what to aim for for the type of market and how to satisfy the most people at the same time. Because at the end of the day, if I could have them like one for one like life size sold at like five million each i would be like yeah, yeah let's go nice. for it i love it to, to have it for life size <laughs> yeah. but like of course we're gonna range between something like one fourth to one tenth uh probably somewhere Scale. in the middle i guess so mm -hmm. like then like the price just has to be something that like is worth us like putting yeah. time into it but at the same time making sure people are going to buy it it's a really hard question but the, yeah. the, the, like the answer that i'm going to say that is really the most important is that for me I'm doing that for like a passion and I just need to make sure that like, I'm not digging myself a hole, like by like making this happen because now it's just not a passion of making a character in 3d and putting it on the internet is that production costs like a ton of money. Right. So you just have to make sure that like you can survive through mm -hmm. like production. Mm -hmm. And I, I really just want to put my art out there. That's really like what I'm trying to, to do. So I'll try to have it 
as cheap as possible for yeah. sure. <laughs> so Marco, just for those that are not familiar with the world of collectible, let's say the collectibles that you bought yourself from the most affordable to the most expensive, what is the range from those that you purchased oh yourself God. from other artists? Well, I mean like the, um, you can have like collector pieces, like the little guy that's like here, little skull guy right there. Mm uh is like I, I don't remember exactly the price but like he's like high like this pretty much it was like something around like 100 to 150 dollars i think uh okay. not including shipping and like it's kind of like sure it's a lot but it's because it's painted right but it looks so good that it's kind of like also like a it's it's, it's a particular piece that comes from like a, a it's it's from an artist called dominic quick by the way i i love his stuff uh and um it's just something that like is kind of like unique so it's things that are like unique they're going to cost more for sure but i think it, there's such a great value in that and i really like it but if you like if you look at like a like for example like this guy here the oh, Batman man. Samurai. Uh, this is actually me. I modeled it for uh, for XM Studios, and like the price is like way up there. But it's big. it's huge. Like yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's big easily. Mm. I, I cannot even put my hands in the camera to say how big it is. <laughs> is it made it's, out of resin? Yeah, it's resin. It's pretty much all resin that I have back there. And like this ranges up to like I, man. I mean the price is out there, but or I think they're all sold out. But like I think it's like it was like easily something around like between like a thousand to a thousand five hundred dollars. No, right. not shipping included, right? Yeah. But that's like a like a huge beast, right? Yeah. But like mm -hmm. you have like other characters, like for example, like the Punisher here is another one that I made. That's that was for a sideshow, and this one I think is like four hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. If that's I'm cool. not mistaken, one for sideshow. Yeah. I love the sideshow stuff. I've been, I mean, I, whatever happened to sideshow? You probably know this, the answer to this question, but like, cause I remember back in the day, I bought a bunch of the Lord of the Rings stuff and it was mm -hmm. side, it was sideshow Weta at one point. And then they okay. rebranded and Weta has been removed. Is it because they got like, is Weta no longer involved with them or is they just rebrand? You know the story? Oh, I don't this? know. Because I, actually, I don't know. But like, if I had to guess, it was probably because like Weta felt confident to do it by themselves at some point. So they yeah. just like decided to do it by themselves. Uh, I think yeah. it's just like sometimes like, Sometimes I see why, like some people that would have like the, the, they are able to do the full production, they would want to yeah. have like final say on everything. Sure. So yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I would guess it's probably some like convenience, like thing yeah. Because I just noticed that it changed at one point, and they, but, but the quality still seems to be there. So like they do some really great work. You should check out Sideshow Collectibles because there's some uh, crazy yeah, stuff, great. and they, they they even sell like a life-sized Han Solo and Kryptonite you can actually buy with like LED lights and everything. And for like the uber uber nerd that wants to have that in their man cave, it's uh, kind of like a or or girl. <laughs> cave i shouldn't exclude women there are women star wars fans out there so either way <laughs> yeah. nerd nerds unite and they would love nerds to have one unite. of those things in there yeah exactly so Brent, yeah. is it the moment that you're going to slightly turn your webcam and we're going to see it in the the the, the, the right corner of your office right there mm, no comment <laughs> <laughs> i have i let's just say, say my finger has hovered over that buy button a couple times in the past but i have not yeah. quite i haven't quite committed to that level i have nerdery yet so but I would like to. I got this with so many statues that like there's so many statues that I actually hovered my finger over oh, by and I was man. like, I can't, I can't do it. I can't I know, do it. I, I, know. I don't have the money right now, but I, I really want it. And some I was like, ah, okay, I got yep. it. Yeah, they're yep, in the mail yep. coming soon. <laughs> it's uh, it's funny because we I we just dove into kind of a, a bit of a, a small statue making production ourselves. We kind of stumbled into it because we wanted to make a cool custom trophy for a uh, for a winner nice. of uh, of an ultimate enemy challenge, and um, it's still in production for those who are listening. It is actually on its way. I actually have it on on me now, and I'm doing a couple little like uh, extra pieces for it. I have to cut it out of acrylic, and then it's going to get painted. But man, there's a lot. 
there's a lot involved in because it's one thing to make a model that animates. It's one thing to make some model that just looks good in an art book. And it's a whole other thing yeah. to make a model digitally that can then because you need to understand the printing process well enough to understand right. how like it's just free. I know. I mean, I'm preaching the so fire. I know, but it is it's so and, complicated. And it, depending on what you're printing it on, you might have printed in pieces. So you have to have those pieces that are keyed so they can fit together. Yeah. And it's like it's it's a process. It's a whole other thing to learn on top of just being a good sculptor to begin with yeah. you know but so i'll tell it's... you something that's fun is having a little 3d printer like like here the the, the thing that's black right here is mm -hmm. actually like a, a 3d uh form 2 3d printer that i bought oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. i don't have a form 2 because i'm not a millionaire but i do have a um <laughs> um any any cubic although i would love to have a form 2 form 2 yeah. for those out there is like the the cadillac of resin printers and they're very 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 high quality yeah, the quality is pretty great. I made yeah. like a few statues. Like it, it's hard to see because it's in the background, but like yeah, this yeah. Uh, this one here, yeah. I actually printed it from this printer, and it's print yeah. it prints like six inches by six inches only. Oh. But I chopped it in like many right. pieces, and I assembled yeah, yeah. it. And I had a ton of fun. It looks looks really well, cool, and I'm you, super happy about you it. You can justify only one of those because you actually happen to be in the industry of making well, I have, yeah, metal. I have, yeah, and I have to so prototype things to be, before like yeah, sending it. So for like, sure you do. Otherwise, yeah. it's not going to work. You'll get the bad news after they try to do it on their end, and you have to like retool it all. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Um, Business expense. Yeah, it, yeah, baby. Um, <laughs> we're kind of out of time. It's five oh three um, on yeah. Wall five oh three where we're from. Um, so um, for those who didn't get to, uh, I think we got most of the questions though. There was okay. We'll do one one last question if you don't mind. Do you have do you have five more minutes? So we have another yeah, question sure. here, which is, uh, what's what's your what's your favorite game franchise that you ever worked on? And I would say I would even add to that. And what what in in maybe versus what game franchise you enjoyed playing the most? Just oh to spice my it up a God. little bit. Well, I mean, okay, so so it's gonna be really simple. All the favorite game that I love are not the one that I worked on. And it's not because like it's it's, <laughs> it's just because it's not it because so you happens. didn't try. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no, no. Actually, I played all the games that I worked for. Mm. And uh to be honest, like I appreciated most of them. Uh, I I really love uh Borderlands. So mm. like I actually um was really happy to see my work in Borderlands, but that even started before I was in Chaos Masons. I was freelancer. Yeah. Um, at a point, and I worked on Borderlands 2, and I played the game afterwards, and I didn't even know the game. I just wanted to see my characters, and I was like, holy shit, this is really good, and that's I loved cool. it. I, I love, like, gun porn games like this. Yeah, uh, that's they're pretty fun. fun. Plus, I mean, it's super funny, and I just love the energy and everything. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that I really like. Uh, but, like, you see, like, my favorite games are stuff like Dark Souls and that sort of stuff. But like, it's like, I don't think I'm ever going to work for From Software, not because I don't want, but just because it's like, maybe a bit out of reach or like, I don't mm. even know like how to actually mm. like get there. Never. Plus, I mean, never say never. If, yeah, but I mean, at the same time, if they have like an internal like way of like, I, like D Dark Souls are so like, the, the spirit of Dark Souls is so like pure mm. that yeah. I kind of like feel that it's not something that's like easily <laughs> done get, with like, yeah. It's like they have to. You have to go through some sort of special ritual or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. It's some sort of hazing period, and like, who knows what kind of yeah, like things you need to do stuff. before you get a chance to work on a game like that. Yeah, yeah. I get, I get your Plus point. The, like, it's very. There's also like so many. Yeah, exactly. There's also there's also like so many games that I love that I I would not want to be a character artist on those mm. games. Like, um, just just for example, there's a game that I love. It's called Stanley Parable. It's more like a mind yeah, fuck yeah, than I a know. game, yeah, yeah. but I love it. But there's like zero character in that game. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I mean, not much for you to do in there. Yeah, yeah that's true. Exactly. Yeah. So there's like a lot of that. But like, I think I think from all the games that I worked on, probably like <laughs> Borderlands was the one that I was like I had the most fun playing with. And mm. to be honest, it's not necessarily the one that I had the most fun working on. Um, mm. 
I mean, they're a super great team, and like I love working for for Gearbox. The people that I work with, work with are super good. But it's like honestly, it's not super like my style. It's a style mm -hmm. that I understand that mm -hmm. I can actually work on, and I want to yeah. continue working with them for a long, long time because it's so fun. But like, like it's not the the style that comes. In yeah. first place yeah, when yeah. I actually work for myself. It's pretty stylized um, too. It's, and it's got these very simple shapes. Like your stuff is very detailed. And it's not yeah, like that's I, not their their that's not their shtick. You know no, it's I mean? not their so, MO at all. Yeah. But there's something about shapes that for me is really important that I understand. Mm -hmm. And that's why yeah. I'm actually I like to work with them because yeah, I yeah. see a little bit of that. For but sure. yeah, it's you'd think that like it's not the thing that I do like uh on my own free time. But yeah, I really liked it. It was really good. Well, uh David, you got anything else? Can we cut no, this that was great. Wonderful man for you. Again, an hour and a half is passing yeah. by so goes fast. Th goes thanks a lot, Marco, for uh, yeah. uh, coming to this little discussion. And I feel that it's not going to be the last time that we see you on our Twitch stream. No, I love doing that. Seriously, it's a, it's a lot of fun. So uh, I mean, uh, yep. I, if you invite me, I'll be there again. I like it. That's good. And reach awesome. out to me if you want to talk about like nerding out about live streams because I'd love to fill your ear about all that stuff because it'd be fun. And yeah, just because uh, I think I think I'm I think I'm guilty because I, I I just want to see you do the stream so I can watch it. It's kind of it's kind of twisted, but I feel like I'm trying to like uh, convince you to do it just for my own sake because I would love to see your workflow. I'd just love to watch you work because your yeah, awesome, your work is very good. Yeah, and and that would that would be good. And like I said, it's like I feel like a lot of people like they want things from me uh, and i would love to be able to provide it it's, yeah. it's just so hard to make time with like the family and my own stuff and the totally company get it. but i truly mm -hmm. i'm always like listening to what people are saying and like yeah. hoping to find a way to to, to yeah. do it so i'm really like hoping that maybe this like twitch thing can be inserted into like be. my way of life my st lifestyle right now that would be really great so i appreciate for the people that have like patience towards like <laughs> my things just know that like i i, I it lives inside of me like really mm. strongly and i always try to just like well that's obvious you wouldn't have come on the show there. unless i did right you wanted to kind yeah. of share the uh share the journey well thank you both Absolutely. for being here thank you so much for taking a bit of time out of your busy day there um uh, marco and thank you david as usual and we'll see you on the next yeah. one gentlemen absolutely until next Hi time, guys. That was great. Cheers, Mike. <laughs> so yet another conversation. Oh, and yet another time that I forget to turn the last question off. So thank you for showing up to this uh, um, this show today. It's uh, always fun to do these. Dave, you know that David and I love to do them. Uh, it's our guilty pleasure during the week because we have a busy busy week of lots of different things, and uh, we know that there's at least going to be one moment where we just get to hang out with some creative individual um, that uh, that we love and we respect that we can just 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 you know, kind of shoot the shoot the poop with. And uh, that's exactly what you just saw happen today. We have um, another another one coming up on the 30th of um, of June, and it is with um, Mike Jungbluth. And um, uh, the uh, and we have something before that actually on Sunday. There's something actually happening this Sunday that's uh, it's worth talking about really quickly before I before I end the stream. It is um, uh, we're, we're it kind of it's a little bit like meet the expert. Um, cause we just did another one that was a little bit on the same theme, like meet the meet a Anim challenge champion where we got to talk to Dane Romley. Um, we are also going to do every once in a while, these little spotlights on the reviewers, because you can, you know, obviously check, you know, click on their bio and you can take a look in, in, on our website and get to know more about the reviewers that we have, the, the, the experts. But it's one thing to, to read about them. It's a whole other thing to kind of feel like you get um, kind of a bit of a conversation with them. So uh, we're going to have one this Sunday, um, the 20th of June at 9.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and that is um, um, with Cameron Fielding. 
So um, tune in for that one because that's going to be interesting. Cameron is a bit of a legend in his own right. Um, he currently works um, uh, for a uh, for a, a company called Vla Valve, which you may or may not have heard of before. And but he's worked at a lot of different companies before that, and um, he's just an amazing animator. And he became quite famous when he put out his demo reel many years ago that had a bunch of stuff from an old game called Turok the Dinosaur Hunter, and he had these crazy shots of. Turok just literally wrestling down these like these raptors. Uh, honestly, you still watch it today and you just it's still just as impressive. So he's gonna be on the show. We'll talk a little bit about him. He's one of our experts who you can order a review from. Um, so uh, yeah, please come out to that because I think it'll be a lot of fun to uh, get to know him a little bit better. Until next time, then um, have a really good remainder of the day and um, stay animated. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you got a lot out of it. Agora Community is a free resource for artists in the animation, visual effects and gaming industries, providing daily educational material, free rigs and assets. We also have a range of experts you can purchase affordable animation reviews from to help you level up your skills. You can check it all out at agora.community. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn for updates on upcoming conversations and free animation quick tips. So. Until next time, stay tuned and stay animated.